take two. All right, so this is a recap. Oh, this seems much better somehow. Okay. Oh, there's like a moving yellow thing. All right, so uh, this is take two. We had about half an hour of podcast. Mike spoiled Ryan Pierce, <laughs> Game of Thrones, lost. Justified, Lost. I did not spoil Justified. I did not spoil Justified. He talked extensively about the end of Citizen Kane. <laughs> And Soylent Green. What I did talk about was the dirtiest player in the NBA, which I think we can all agree is Ray Allen. I disagree strongly and think it's Kevin Garnett. It's Kevin Gar- I mean, Kevin Garnett is a moving screen factory, let's call it. Like, if you need a moving screen, for example, you're building a deck. <laughs> we build decks, though. Um, you know, Kevin Garnett is the man for you. I think Ray Allen is uh, is just the dirtiest player. But anyway, we lost about a half an hour of podcasting. Uh, we're using well, we, in fact, we talked about... How and why? And this is, it, it, in recap form, is probably not as hilarious. So we're just going to move forward. It's kind of hilarious to me. I All mean, the people who normally listen in for our commentary on television, basketball, what else, making fun of other podcasts, <laughs> it's lost now. I might be able to tack it on to the beginning of this. You deleted it. I didn't delete it. Oh, you didn't? No. Oh. Well, we'll all just, right. We'll maybe. just start it over. Maybe we can, we can put it as an appendix. We have to edit out the part where we did the thing we were specifically asked not to do. Okay. <laughs> so, all right. Someone, not saying who specifically asked us not to do something, and I was like, Brian, we need to stop. He's like, why? Oh, that email. Yeah. All right, so um, let's talk about Guillaume Gate, which is what we were... We were People who are interested in listening to Magic probably want to listen to maybe that. Sure. So um, for those of you who are just joining us uh, because... You've lived under a rock since the release of Mirrored and Besieged. Uh, a full godbook of uh, Magic the Gathering's most recent uh, release of New Phyrexia was The third, the third yeah. set of uh, Mirrored and Block. Was spoiled by someone, uh, in, presumably in France. And um, yesterday, a news story came out on magicthegathering.com, a.k.a. wizards.com slash... Daily MTG, Daily MTG uh, about the origin of this and the pro tour historian will have a. Uh, it, was a it was a pretty big uh, blow, really, for like the across the board. Yeah, I blow think. across the board. So the the leak was traced back to Guillaume Matignon, the reigning world champion, yeah. level eight pro from France, who fan favorite, fan favorite. I mean, and an awesome guy, right? Like, I mean, that's the that's sort of the killer of all this. Like. You kind of just wish he was like some like you, you know. You wish it was a different magic player than. You wish he was some you know. sort of like baby killer or something, you know. Karsten? No, not Karsten. You wish it was someone you know who. who I mean, Guillaume Magnon is really just like one of the sincerely nicest guys. Even in the statement, I think that he released along with this announcement, it comes across. Uh, he is a writer for Lotus Noir, which is a French print magazine, so, which is the important part. So actually. So people get an idea. I've got numerous questions about this. I'm well, sure let's, you finish, have. let's finish okay, going through so. what, what happened. So he he got access to the Godbook to write a sort of contextual article about the new set for a print magazine that was going to be released that would see print after the set is released. So as part of being able to have you know talk about seeing the whole set, you need to you know actually see it. So um, just uh, some uh, some points. Hold on. Plus, this awesome one with a black mini skirt walking by. So, and I just, anyway, it's true. <laughs> Confirmation. Yeah. Okay. So, um, it's like journalism. Yeah. So, what Brian said is uh, factually important. This is a, a print magazine, 
And so the lead times on writing an article for a print magazine are much longer than, say, if you're just going to write a rant on your own blog. Okay? Like, when, uh, when in the Teddy Card Game era of Star City Games, I would often send my, uh, my Flores Friday article an hour or two later than it was supposed to be published. Um, and, you know, it would still make it up before most people got up the next morning. But a print magazine, the lead times are much longer, so that's why they needed to have... Um, you know, uh, more access to cards, more time out. Now, to be clear, Watsi did not give Guillaume Matignon the Godwin. Right. So I think people are, have this grand misconception that Watsi shipped the reigning world champion the, the new set. They did not do that. Right. So, uh, to be clear, it was given to a print magazine. He happens to write for that magazine. Right. Correct? Correct. Is that, is this is that, correct? that is correct. Um, now, as the way I understand it is, he did sign an NDA. Yes. So he would whether still, he signed it with Wizards or signed it with Lotus Noir, who in turn he was signed an NDA with Wizards. I don't know. He was still enjoyed by some legal instrument. However, right. Watsi isn't in, in this case shipping out. Yeah, as she walked by, <laughs> um, shipping out full spoilers to the world champion. So, if you look on some websites, there's all kinds of these crazy reactionary comments like. The reason that that Pat Chapin is so good at deck building is because the Guillaumes have been leaking him cards months in advance, so that so that they could build together. I mean, I don't think that's an accurate representation of what's happened either in the past or in this situation. So, so the way the way this to go back to this story, which unfolds, which I think is what leads to that, is yes. Guillaume while writing Guillaume Matignon while writing this article uh, consults with Guillaume Wafatapa, who's clearly his inseparable best friend. Right, and says, you know, what do you think of this set? And as a result of... For the purpose of writing the articles, the contextual idea that I got from it, yeah? Yes, yeah. yes. He said specifically to get his feedback on the article. Somehow from Guillaume Wafatapa, it got in the hands of two other players who then spewed it all over IRC. Right, and so then, and then that's how the set comes out. Um, there was some investigative journalism done by Caleb Durwood. I thought it was a great article. That was spectacular. Uh, Wizards obviously did their own investigation. Um, all the parties were sort of publicly beheaded and put on spikes for crows to pick their eyes out. Just like in Game of Thrones. Just like Game of Thrones. Spoilers. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, Guillaume Matignon got a three-year suspension. Which is almost a lifetime ban. I mean, it's a pretty big deal. Like, Theron Martin's life, uh, five-year suspension just came undone pretty recently, right? Really? Yeah. Or however long it was, it was like ago. a nine year. Yeah, nine year. It just came out, and then people said that he was he was seen playing on Moto or something. But you know, it's he could play on Moto the whole time. Yeah, but I mean, so oh, yeah. So like, while Bobby was suspended for those fifteen minutes, he became the number one Moto player in yeah. every category. <laughs> uh, Guillaume Wafatapa was suspended for eighteen months, and the other two guys who were footnotes to history are also suspended. So that's for brutal for months. for Wafo because he was going to make Hall of Fame. Pretty I sure mean, this year. it was it was, it was be almost very a close. mortal lock, right? So the uh, and now for certain he's not making Hall of Fame this year. Yeah. Who do we have to ship God books to to get Steve O into the Hall of Fame this year? <laughs> I mean, what about Curacao? We could send one down to Herber Holtz. <laughs> take incriminate, get just get Osip drunk and take pictures of him hugging a God book. Uh, there was like some. I think there was like some Facebook about like Osip and Herber Holtz hanging out like at some event. Maybe we could Photoshop a God book into that one. <laughs> You're like, like, oh, don't drink, kids. <laughs> You still need to. I'm sure there's yeah. all kinds of 
uh, international players that we would have I, to hit it's first. A, this, is, this is a pretty big deal. I mean, Gil Matneon is also coming up on Hall of Fame eligibility, not this year, but I think next year. But, I mean... I don't know. I mean, recency certainly has a... I, well, here's the thing. Waffle Top is definitely not going to be in this year, right? He won't be eligible. He's right? not eligible again, I think, until 2013, right? So, and whether or not he's even going to get get voted in at the point that he becomes eligible is a is a whole other story. A ton of good players are going to be qualified by then. Right. And people are going to be like, oh, who was that guy? He used to be pretty good at missile teachings, I guess. You know, I think that that's going to be the, the tenor of the conversation. You know, three years ago, no one knew who Brad Nelson was. You know, right, last right, right, year right. it was all Brad Nelson. Who knows three years from now if, if the conversation isn't all like Owen Turtonwall. We'll be talking about Bing Luke. Yeah, I would... He qualified for nationals. I know. I wanted to go back and edit our last podcast. Like, yeah. I forget. I, as soon as we were done, I was like, I should have picked Bing. I watched his match against against Lockman. Like, Lockman overextended one turn, and I, I asked him about it later. He's like, Bing had to get so lucky to even capitalize on his overextension. It's actually ludicrous what happened. So, Bing has to top deck a Wrath of God that turn, and then. Uh, and then he has to top deck a tectonic edge the next turn because Lockman has an Amiria in play, and then he has to hit Lockman. Doesn't actually just have a creature. He has to hit Lockman in three consecutive turns. One of which he has to spend taking a uh, grabbing, and the next one he has to spend using a tectonic edge. And third of all, he has to have a first striking creature in order for this story to even work. <laughs> and he and the, the, here's the, here's the kicker: he has no relevant cards on the turn that Lockman overextends. <laughs> But all those things held like Lockman's like it's a comedy what happens. So Lockman plays his last squadron hawk. He's like, oh whatever, it doesn't matter. He's just gonna try to kill him next turn. So being top decks the wrath of God, doesn't matter. Lockman has the Emiria. So he like Emiria qualifies for Emiria, go. Lockman has uh, a I like that qualifies yeah, for Emiria. Yeah, so Lockman has a, a, a the uh, the white and one enchantment, Luminarch Ascension, with two if not three counters on it at this point. There's no man land on the other side. So Bing has to thrash the... He has to play a creature, hit the Emiria, kill the creature. It, for some, The first strike matters for some reason to get through. And hit Lockman over the course of three turns. Because Lockman has like 14 lands in play. And a Luminarch Ascension. And like Bing is at like two. So, so Bing's like, Brad... It, it, Bing only has four lands at the beginning of this sequence, so it's really impressive that <laughs> he pulls out of it. And Lockman, obviously, like, it's the old Giant Travis. He's like, land, 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 like, on top. <laughs> like, if he pulls so much, he's like, what's the name of that guy with antlers that we make fun of? If he gets the antlers guy, it's fine. Glimmer Post? Yeah. Glimmer if, Stag? If he just glimmer gets, Point Stag? Yeah, whatever. He just gets a Glimmer Point Stag, he's going to go, bleep. Wait, he was playing that card? Yes. <laughs> he bleep, the Glimmer Point Stag... <laughs> One of his quarter pods. <laughs> Wait a minute, what? Yeah, okay, look. How, how awesome is his deck? It's like the mono white deck, but like three generations ago. <laughs> so, like, so unawesome? I mean, like, he's he's got Pilgrim's Eye. All right, all right, got, all right. Anyway. We've, we've been way off track. I mean, like, Bing is so happy. To, I mean, obviously, he has to be happy, but he had to, like, literally go, like, <laughs> win the lottery. Win the lottery again. <laughs> win the lottery again. Let it ride. <laughs> he's just like... <laughs> Like, all right, you want hundred dollars in the lottery? What do you want to do? Hundred lottery tickets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's pretty good. You want a thousand dollars? What do you want? A thousand lottery tickets. <laughs> I, I don't remember why the first strike was relevant. But you can see Lockby's like the first strike was even relevant. <laughs> <laughs> what did he have that first struck? Manslayer Angel. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and, then, uh, and it also pulled him out because I think that Bing was in danger of dying to mortars. Just 
just mortified mortified yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, so it was so ludicrous. Like the, the sequence, and then I think Bing just beat like an you know an inferior player the next round. Sure, 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 sure. But like, I thought I, any normal person looking at this situation, but like a Lockman's going to win. But I remember seeing him like. I don't think Chris should play like, the last Squadron Hawk because yeah. if he just plays Squadron Hawk, doesn't he have win. like doesn't he, right? He has like resolved and active Sun Titan for multiple turns against Bing, right? What he has like active Sun Titan against Bing for multiple turns. Not that. Oh no, he did. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. That's why he was so far ahead. So like, <laughs> so but but I was just like, oh man, Chris just dumps every card in his hand on the table. Because uh, he just wants to attack him to death the next turn, you know? Sure. So I'm like, oh, I think he should hold the squadron. If he just holds the squadron hawk, he could just make a squadron hawk that has, like, 15 pieces of equipment on it. <laughs> so, like, you know, <laughs> nobody's getting through me. Then he just powers up the ascension and you get big, right? Uh, but, <laughs> but no, but it was just like, taunting him. This Luminarch ascension set there with three counters on it for, like, four more turns before Chris died. <laughs> so insane. Yeah, he had the antlers guy, whatever, whatever that guy's yeah, name. Yeah, I, I always call him the wrong. I think I call him Glimmer Stag all the time. Whatever, but it's Glimmer name. Points. All right, so back to the antlers. Okay, so so uh, so yeah, so suspension, suspension. Two guys we don't know who are suspended, um, who are not you know relevant, you know, to the sort of to the story. Um, we, you know, Wizards announced that Guillaume. I thought Guillaume's statement was you know just. Very, uh, seemed very sincere, very deeply felt. Catherine said to me, I came home, I hadn't seen it yet, and she goes, just read the last paragraph. And I was just like, what are you talking about? Like, you read this? It's like on the Watsi website. She's like, yeah, it was about beheadings. I thought Brian was posting about Game of Thrones. <laughs> I felt kind of bad, actually, because my initial, I, I saw the initial post, yeah. and I posted it up with, like, a note thing. I was like, well, let's see how public beheadings do yeah. in terms of a deterrent against leaks. And then I realized that that was really flipped because I really, I really... You like the Guillaume's. I really like the Guillaume's very much. I don't know who these other two guys are. I mean, I feel bad for them. I mean, obviously one of them was the jokester that got the Guillaume's banned, right? Right, so, right, right, yeah. One, the, the, the fact of the matter is, there was a, even if Guillaume just talks to Guillaume, right, that's a breach. It's a breach with no damage if Guillaume, the second Guillaume doesn't pass it on. Sure. There's no damage to anyone. And like Antoine Ruel says, it happens every time there's a sacrifice. Like, so... Sure. People, people, right. I, I, I'm sure that everyone has some person that they feel like they can talk to. Who... I know multiple people who've been fired off of the mothership writing for leaking cards to... Uh... Sure. I, mean, I don't know if they got fired for that. I know they used to have columns. And then that, they got fired. I know that they leaked people, <laughs> and I know they don't have columns anymore. So, the, uh, so I don't know. You can do the math there. <laughs> but... If, if they got if they got fired off their columns for other reasons, but I do know that that those people exist. I mean, I take it very seriously. Like, I mean, if we're gonna, if we're going to talk about something, Ryan makes literally friends of ours who aren't Steve Saden or something. Like, we're all under NDA, but like if they're not, they, he makes them leave the room for us to right. have a conversation about a card. So, um, speaking of, oh, is that Steve Saden? That is Steve Saden. I owe him ninety dollars. Why did you call him to come over? I owe him more than that, so I'm hoping to distract him. <laughs> I can't believe we read it. Did you tell him to come here? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's why my phone has been boing, boing, like, boinging. Like, like, why is Steve Satan here? Hi. <laughs> hey, what's up, Steve Satan? How you doing? We went to the other Joe, the one I was telling you about earlier. Oh, okay. One day. So we were just talking about the Guillaume's... Guillaume Gate. Guillaume's Gate. I, I mean, there's a part of me that still can't even believe this is real. This is just so ridiculous. No, I mean, it's, it's totally real. Like, you yeah. know all those times that, like, Brian makes... Say he'll make Julian leave the room. We're going to talk about a card. So, like, what if he didn't make Julian leave the room? 
and then Julian goes and talks about that card. That's exactly what happened in this case, except for in that, and except for Julian isn't stupid enough to go on an IRC channel <laughs> and paste the card to everyone. Like, I mean, who do you have to be to want to go brag to people on IRC in 2011? <laughs> no, but look, anyone wants to be anyone wants to be like the cool kid in the room, right? right. right. I can totally see that. Not in the IRC chat room. I don't know. Caleb was in the it's room. Like, man, it was like, oh, Fireball like, got a good article on it. Did it's you like, hear who Kathy Nikoloff is dating? I don't think. <laughs> Look at these PDFs. What's a PDF? Trust me. We were JPEGs. <laughs> Not JPG. I remember the IRC days. Back when, back when like, Finkel used to be in there. Shuler said, can we have an IRC show so so, only for grown-ups? So, <laughs> so you're saying is in IRC talk, we, we got the plus Bs today? Uh, yeah. Yeah, we did. <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, um, yeah, I mean, obviously there was a breach. Like, you know, Guillaume Matignon shouldn't have done what he did. But the interesting thing, like, obviously proxy can do whatever they want, right? You don't have a you don't have a constitutional right to play on the first floor, as far as I can tell. Um, or Friday night magic, or any, whatever. You have a revocable license to do any of these things. Well, you can say you can't play in our events. You can't play in their events. But I, it, I'm a little, I'm a little bit like fuzzy on like Yomwapatapa getting, getting uh, banned because he didn't breach anything. He 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 didn't owe an obligation in this case. Matnion clearly owed an obligation. Right. But, but there, there, I think at some point you're in possession of. Oh, it's like you're in possession of, of receipt of stolen goods. Right, you're in possession of materials you know you should not have. The contraband. Should, yeah, I mean, I, I, I can see it from like receiving drugs, sort of type thing that you have in the real law. I mean, I'm not saying they can't do it. I'm yeah. saying I'm a little bit. Sure, there's definitely it. been people who are surprised that the DCI can step in in a situation that is not related to actually playing in a DCI event, right? There's certainly been, I, I'm, I'm not saying that they should. Yeah, you're saying there's certainly been a lot of surprises that people seem shocked. That I mean, like, say, I don't know, say you were um, the brand manager of GoBots. Okay? GoBots. You went to the, the next Megan Foxless Transformers movie. Uh, you somehow got a, a courtesy invite to the premiere. Okay? And you murdered Shia LaBeouf. Premiere. Would you be surprised if you weren't allowed to play in the Pro Tour? What? I'm the brand manager of GoBots! <laughs> so I killed some hipster icon. What else? <laughs> so what? I did it at the, the premiere of your silly little movie. Megan Fox is what if I, in this one. What if I murdered Shia LaBeouf so I could prince in the fall for Steve into the Transformers franchise? Ooh, I he has a nice house. <laughs> <laughs> look at this. Look at this. I, look, 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 oh, I can't show you the text that Schuler sent me yesterday because my stupid other phone is dead. <laughs> it said, Megatron must be stopped no matter the cost. <laughs> that was the text I got. Yesterday morning, he's like, oh, bloop, I'm like, oh, Schuler. Megatron must be stopped no matter the cost. You know what my response was in my head? I didn't actually send this back. But, you know. Well, you couldn't because your phone is incapable of sending texts. <laughs> <laughs> Secret cell phone works fine. <laughs> no one has that number. So, oh. So, so, uh, so I was thinking to myself, myself, like, you know, if Optimus doesn't push all in with his chips in this spot, like, no matter the cost, really, <laughs> pre-flop all in on Optimus, maybe he would have made it out of that fight. Spoilers. <laughs> oh, I didn't see that one yet. <laughs> so, anyway, um, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think most of us are... Jackhammers! It's a fire truck. Shh. They don't know. They're not from the city. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, the, the thing that I'm more interested in talking about rather than talking about the ban of the, the, the ban of the Guillaumes is the ban of the Guillaumes. Obviously, things that were done wrong were done wrong. I think we're all sad. Regular people who are not yeah. spiteful forum trolls are sad that sure. this happened. Sure. But the thing that I, I think is more interesting to talk about is, first of all, this notion that Watsy just ships Pro Tour Champions God books so that they can play test sure. them. That's, obvi- that's obviously, it's obviously not true. Like, and then people, first of all, there's multiple there's multiple like heads within Watsy, right? Like, there's multiple like. Uh, PR divisions. There's, there's marketing. There's there's brand. There's R and D. There, right? I guess or, or it's organized play. There's organi- right? Obviously, like was, organized play didn't do this. PR did this, right? right? Or whatever. Right. And 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 we talked about. It. I don't know. Did we talk about it on this podcast? Or I don't on know. The, the previous, one we lost. Yeah. The one we lost. But I mean, this was for a print magazine. So and a print magazine is something that, like, it's print. It, they might as well be carving it in stone with a chisel. It takes a long time. I, I want to give some perspective on this situation. Okay. First of all, I don't know if this has been the case with either of you guys, but in earlier eras of online publication, before I was even a columnist at Magic the Gathering, or da- with Daily MTG, yeah. before there was a Daily MTG, I routinely received full spoilers before the, uh, the before the spoiler came out. But I mean, I just uh, certain I agreed to certain things. Like obviously, I didn't ship the spoiler, out, but like I wasn't allowed to play for a while. You know, there were conditions on. Them. I like people are saying, oh, uh, the you know people are getting an unfair advantage. Like, I was an active Pro Tour player at the time. I'm obviously not a dangerous one. <laughs> but I mean, I played on, you know, I got the full set of Legions. We played in Pro Tour. Together we played in Pro Tours that had sets that I had full spoilers to ahead of time. It didn't help me any better. I, mean, I won a PTQ or two or whatever. Um, and I was, for multiple sets, I got I got full spoilers. But the, here's the thing that is more telling is uh, in other different eras, um, I would receive whole uh, future future league decks playing broken cards that most people would superficially not even know were constructed play and have a gigantic leg up uh, going into going into uh, tournament season or like at least you could take that idea and develop it into a really good deck sure there were multiple US opens that were dominated by certain playtest teams in the United States that were that were predicated on receiving finished future future league decks that were shipped to Sure, but that's, maybe that's, not me. But that's but that's but, that's an individual. But it's under under under. But like the day that the set is released, so not the day before the set. Is released. Sure. So, but I mean, you still get a gigantic advantage, and you know that's not the case today, at least for me. Right. Because you'd be crippling people by giving them future future leaks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'm, but I'm, I'm but, kidding, Zach. But the uh, but like if you look at the perspective, like that 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 to me is much more unfair than. Than somebody getting a, a, a full spoil, and you know, I never did anything with it that was sure. unseemly. So it, it might be a, a different story. But you know, these, these things are necessary for the. Right, here, here's the a question. So, so, so the the, the furor that has sort of come up in light of Guillaume's game is like, well, Guillaume had this spoiler, and it's it's clear from his statement that he's had previous spoilers. Yeah. Right. So Guillaume wins world championships. And Guillaume Wafatapa finishes second in the World Championships. Yeah, I mean, and, I've, even like, seen, I've even seen Patrick Chapin make top eight of the last Pro Tour. Probably it was because they had the Guillaume advantage. Their playtest group had okay. Tezzerit ahead of time. You know, something like that. That that was a theory that was put out on the internet sure. today. Well, here, so here's, here's the question. First of all, 
there's no advantage to giving Guillaume Wafatapa an advanced look at a set. He's still going to play a blue-white or a blue-black control deck. Right? Sometimes it's, it's good. <laughs> he's still going to be within three cards. Like, you know what I mean? He doesn't even... You don't, they don't even have to give him the god book for the red and green cards. <laughs> right? Oh, what uh, about the free spells? They got free spells this set. <laughs> so, but I mean, like... The, the thing to think to me... So I guess, I guess you could argue that for limited... There's some advantage to seeing the set in advance. But again... Until you have everything in context, like, I don't think it matters that much. Like, if you're the only person that has the event to get a chance to look at a set, or what, maybe two people get a chance to look at a set, there's only so much work think, you can do. Well, it you don't have You don't have the crowdsourced deck list no, 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 to no. play test against. I think that if you give, if you give Michael Jacob a, a month ahead of time, you have a different story than if you, you give... You're going to still have a deck, but you... The, the thing is, the great deck builders build decks within context, right? They build a deck within the context of... All the other decks that people are building, playing, talking about, discussing, brainstorming. Not me. I just figure out what the 10 best cards are and try to play as many of them as possible. <laughs> you look at the 10 best cards, you go, how good's the mana in this format? <laughs> awesome! Excellent! <laughs> I mean, obviously by U.S. Nationals, there's going to be a deck that's literally Jace, Jace, Swords, <laughs> Stoneforge Mystic, oh, Primeval Titan, have you seen, have Lotus you Cobra. I saw, I, saw, I saw a listing on some mailing list I'm on, and spoilers, someone might be playing this this weekend, a rug deck with Stoneforge Mystic and Sword. Sounds like something I would like to play. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what deck is surprisingly pretty good? Uh, Mono Green Eldrazi. Yeah, I, I, lose, I lose to it a lot. You have to just make it right. So, I, I, um, spoilers, I haven't written about this, but this is the deck I've been playing in queues recently. Um, like, I don't know, like, why does Valakut get to play with Lotus Cobra but not Mono Green Eldrazi? Valakut's actually less good at Lotus Cobra than Mono Green Eldrazi. You just play, like, four Misty Rainforests and four Verdant Catacombs, and it's awesome in this deck. Instead of, like... And you're just summoning trapping? Yeah, it was summoning trap. <laughs> and then you're just like, <laughs> like Lotus Cobra counter summoning trap. <laughs> And then, or you're like Lotus Cobra, you're like that resolves, and you're like you're dead. <laughs> you're like land summoning trap. He's drinking away the Nyx series. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah. So that, and then I just played with, like Tumble Magnet main deck and one one of the O six wall Bing's O six wall, and then like yesterday I had this game where like, I looked at my board and my board was like three O six walls a Tumble Magnet. And, like, I just wasn't dead. My opponent was nowhere near killing me. I'm eventually just going to draw something. Because I had, like, or, like, just keep getting mana and I have an Ayavugan. If they don't kill it... Ayavugan is so terrifying. They're just, I can see the Ayavugan a lot. <laughs> like, I actually think this deck's pretty good. Like, years ago, like, after sideboards, you're, like, 406 walls, four tumble magnets, and if they ever counter one of your guys, they're facing off Emrakul. I had a second turn Emrakul against Cobblade last night. What? What? Second turn Emrakul? Yeah. I, I went... <laughs> I went... I went Lotus Cobra. He's like, man... Uh, flash Freeze, actually. He's like, Flash Freeze. I'm like, oh, Flipsies. Emrakul. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, eh. You aren't supposed to be able to do that. Journey, 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 journey. Concede. <laughs> nope. Shouldn't have flat... Ooh, shouldn't have sided in that Flash Freeze. I mean... And, like, you know what deck I keep playing against? In the, again, in the tournament queues, people always, like, accuse me of, like, blah, 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 you play soft matches in the tournament practice room. The tournament practice room opponents are so much tougher with more real decks than the real tournament queues. You know how many times I've played against vampires in the last two weeks? Vamp vampires, like, people have said vampires. Is, vampires qualified multiple, multiple people for national. I have not it was probably a the, game. I'm just saying. It was no probably matter the, what deck I It had. was probably the third most successful archetype at regionals. 
That would be I would be willing to like claw blade rug by a wide margin. <laughs> claw blade rug. <laughs> Other vampires. <laughs> so like, that's like the argument I had with Patrick last week. He's like, "Oh, I think you should have Primeval Titan higher on the list." I'm like, "Let's be honest. Number one, Big Jace. Number two, Stoneforge Mystic. Numbers three through ten. Who cares? <laughs> like, we agree on what these eight cards are. It doesn't matter what order they're in. You know, like it's obviously the next. Although some people have Lightning Bolt instead of instead of Tumble Magnet. Those people apparently have not read the text on Sword of Beast and Man. <laughs> <clears throat> Um, but anyway, yeah. Uh, it, it, Monogreen Eldrazi is pretty good. It's like you would kind of like, I think. Why? Because it doesn't do anything like 40% of the time? It's actually really powerful. <laughs> no, I, I didn't <laughs> say it wasn't. Right, this game was really, So I'm like... So I go... Uh, like, you, you actually have to like Hawkward moving forward. I yeah, there's against, so many good one-drops now. I play against Hawkward a lot now, too. Yeah. I don't know why people play that. <laughs> 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 like it's true. I get to like six. They have like I mean, so. So we're, we're, we were play testing for regionals, right? We we're like, yeah. kinda like, you know, like like neither of us were going. But we're like, oh, let's see. You know, we're talking about stuff, and it seems like I think you know, I think Hawkward is well positioned this week, right? He's like, I think this week it's very well positioned. I'm like, all right, is it good against Cobbler. Wait, well that. <laughs> oh, hold on. He's Listen. like, you know, they don't have their wraths now. They've got like this. They've got that. So we, you know. We, we F around with it, you know, we, we make a couple tinkers, you know, we, we adjust the mana base, we, we go into the tournament practice room. No, we go into the two-man queues, and we run into, like, three straight Cobblades. How many wins? None. Yeah, so they don't, so they don't have their wraps right now, but yeah. they do play, like, six main deck Condemns and Ousts. Yeah. <laughs> so you're like, and, and I, gotta, I gotta tell you... You know, the hawk is just really a problem. <laughs> so they're like, guy, they're like time walk, guy that draws a card, and you're like, a guy, you're like, okay, equip in. And you're like, I am hit. And you're like, oh, is that a sword? <laughs> yeah. Damn it. How lucky. Untap all my man is Jace, pick up your guy. You're like, oh, I've got this one. Play two guys. All right, attack you again. Chuck block with it one was, of them. It was, it was this gruesome. This is not a good option. It was, attack with two. I, right, I will condemn one of them. It will take the other one on the jaw. 19. <laughs> the problems are that their spells are very cheap, and then I can't beat any of their expensive spells. Yeah. It's like, oh, does that rhyme with pain walker? Uh, yeah. I think the problem is Gideon, huh? their spells uh. are very cheap, their spells are very good. Yeah. And then their spells that aren't very cheap are very, very it's good. Fun, it's the defining deck of the, this decade, right? I think that the, this deck, there hasn't been a deck... At, that operated at scale in standard to the degree that this deck has since for 15 years. I don't know what I that think... sentence means, but, <laughs> but if there was something like the Star City Open Series and the TCG yep. 5Ks and like you know, there's just this, you like, think there this laboratory of I think that there would have been a gift deck. I think that the gift deck that was so dominant whenever the good players had a chance to play it, right? And it's like a lot of the same types of players who are always playing Callblade or the same ones who are always playing gifts. Like they would have just you would have seen. 32 gifts I, in the I, top eight of I, events. I'm a, I'm a big big fan of different kinds of gift decks, as you know. But I mean, when gifts was actually dominant in standard, or, I, I mean, the problem is like at the times where it was dominant in standard, standard wasn't dominant. Do you know what I mean? We didn't have like this incredibly dense season awesome of standard series of 
great tournaments yeah, where you just have the density of events. Yeah. Do you know what I love about standard? And I, I don't. I didn't even understand where people are coming from when they criticize standard. Why don't you want a format where awesome players who put in work consistently do well week in and week out? Isn't that the goal? I think I don't. Well, I don't think that's the goal. No, no. <laughs> I mean, I, that's not the goal for Watsi. Okay. Watsi's goal is to make everyone feel like they might be able to win, right? Sure. So that's how you get people to join the game. That's how you get you have more people in the tournament. But I think that's what's as, so depressing about club played is you're like, oh, all my good ideas are terrible. No, but it's it's so. <laughs> I'm the, if I play club, it's like here's the here's the demoralizing thing about club right? I I think I can beat club Oh shit! You're I wrong. can't beat club All right, I'm gonna play club Oh, I'm so terrible. <laughs> Okay. Here's, you know, I'm here, so terrible. Like, I, 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 random, how, like, awesome player just bent me over his knee and spanked this, me this like how, a little girl. This is how I look with at a it. potty mouth. Okay. <laughs> Other decks that have been dumb. First of all, the reason what I'm saying about Cobblade and Standard for like 15 years is that there have been other good decks in Standard. For example, Fairies. Okay. Fairies never put up the numbers that Cobblade did. Fairies put up numbers in terms of top eight density inferior to Cobblade, and it only did so because they had way more Fairies players. Cobblade puts six to eight players in every single top eight with 20% population in the room. That is insane. But the, they have like, the disparity, they have two, the disparity of between how good the, players the disparity are. of how good the players who are playing at the top level of the Star City Open is to the you Agreed. know to the three digits of other players playing in those Agreed. events. How about at every Grand Prix? How about at all these other events? The fact of the matter is, you have two players out of ten have Cobblade decks in front of them. You have six or more players in the top eight. The Cobblade draws it more than twice like what you've ever seen any other good deck operate at a scale. It's unreal. It's better than Affinity. It's better than Gifts. It's better than than fair. And here's the thing that, that I think about this. You, you, you lose to Jund. Most of the time when you lose to Jund, you're not even losing to a good deck or a good player. You're just losing to the dice that the blood right I, I, I disagree. I mean, I disagree. Obviously, like... Obviously, people could win. With, people were winning with Jungle. Also. Some of them were good. Okay, fairies. This is what I don't like about fairies. Even the super good players who won with it, except I mean, except for like Paulo and Sam Black, admitted that they were doing something horrible to the world. Every single time you you summon a, there's like I talked to LSB about it. He's like, yeah, you summon a misfine click, you're basically scum. You know, like <laughs> you you put a bitter blossom in play, you are probably taking. A good person out of the player pool. You put. This is how I feel about. This is how I feel about my approach to limited right now. Because all I do is I just grind away. Like I'm like, oh, I'm bored. Let me play in a draft. Yeah. I'll draft two, you know, rot wolves, a spider, three plague stingers, two untamed mites. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Click, 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 click. Oh, they're dead on turn six. Wait a half hour for the other three matches <laughs> to be done. <laughs> I, had, I, had, I had dinner with Worth a few weeks ago, and I was asking him about you know you know trends in the game. He's like, "Look, how do I feel about Untamed Might's commonality?" He's like, ten years ago, it was my life." <laughs> oh my God! Hey, how's it going? Yeah. What's happening? It's good. It's good. We're in the middle of a podcast right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll see. You, I'll, I'll see you on Facebook. All right. All right. I'll see you later. Twisted. What? Twisted Black, right? Yeah. Yeah, very good, very good. Don Sweeney, right? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> it's Will. Oh, I got it wrong. I got half of it right. So anyway, um, <laughs> so the, uh, uh, 
you know, you, you know that you're doing this coming, and plus, fairies didn't really draw at that high of a level, right? It, it, it was about as good as the deck was, how, how well it, how, how well And there were decks that could beat it. And there were decks that were beat, like, so you could play the Blightning deck, you consistently beat fairies if you played the Blightning deck. It, it was slightly worse against the field, maybe, but it was still a very good deck. Actually, no. Blightning consistently was the highest performing deck that year, but people, just not that many people played it. It was like 55% or something. But Cawblade, the overall win percentage is insane! How, how, like, and, and so, so many tournaments! Like, it's a great deck that great players are doing well with. And the other thing is, you talk to them about how they beat other players playing Cawblade, like, listen to Josh. He's like, yeah, I played it through, like, 40 matches over the course of five tournaments. He, like, won every one of them, more or less, that he played. You know, two-star city top eights, PTQ win, uh, and then grinds into to nationals, uh, playing basically the same deck over and over and over again. And he just talks about the familiarity with the deck, specifically in winning mirror matches, or, like, how precisely Edgar Flores approaches every single week you know, like, I, don't, I think a superficial player looks at his deck and he's like, oh, he's just playing Cobbley. Cobbley oh, 25 lands, no rafts, six main deck, I, one drop removals. It's like a different, no Gideon. I, I, was like shocked by, I was shocked by people who react. So when I interviewed Edgar and yeah. we did sort of like the, the Venn diagrams of like his different decks. Like, how many Chase Bellerins is he playing this week? And like there's, it's and like me. It's like me with the rebels in two thousand. People are like, people are like, so like, why would you, why would you interview this guy? He's just some new playing like the broken deck, and it's like. No, this is like a blueprint for how you're successful, right? Like, I, I, you work really hard, you play the best deck, you learn it inside and out, and then you, week make, after week you make and minute like, adjustments. I literally like, saw... Edgar is just, like, sort of watching Jerry play and, and, like, following that model. And doing a little bit better, actually. So, the, in terms of his innovations, I think. Sure. So, like, Edgar was the first one to be like, we're not going to other colors. Jerry and AJ were flipping around all different colors that they could do. Edgar never left blue-white. Right, right. You know, like, but I... With, the way I see Edgar... Uh, not play, obviously, but the way I see Edgar like choose his deck and make small one or two card refinements on weekly basis. Exactly what I was doing in two thousand when I top eighted every every PTQ with rebels. I think if I think if you had like all best players yeah. meeting in a in a smaller event, like you really want to be doing what Jerry was doing. Like at that point, you really want like the the that the, the Inquisitions or no, the no, no, Red no, no, no. or it was only because they figured out Mortar Pot. The thing is, like once they figured out oh, okay. Mortar Pot, all the other color splashes become irrelevant because. The the reason the Inquisitions and the Lightning Bolts and the and the uh, the Cunning Spark Mages were relevant was they keep the opponent from being able to equip one turn. That's all they do. Right. The Cunning Spark Mage keeps them from equipping, or the Lightning Bolt keeps them from equipping, or the Inquisition breaks up their equipment. Right. But when you have Mortar Pod, you can do the exact same thing, but now you have Tectonic Edge. So Tectonic Edge is obviously just huge. Whatever you watch those matches. Yeah. So, um, but I mean, it's just and, you know. Anyway, but what I was saying about myself, which is that's how I think about things. Like, you know, all the things that people used to say about me in 2000 with the Rebels, like, you know, oh, we switched to this, like, very small major changes. And you're playing against someone they don't understand, but you've actually played out a 40-turn game in your head in the first three turns, and, like, you know how this is going to develop, you know what cards they're going to play, you know what turn you're going to pounce. You know, it's like playing poker. They put more and more chips in, and you're like, they do not realize that they're just playing into your strategy here. And that's exactly how Edgar's plays. He's like, yeah, this card's good against Cobbley. This card's good against Lotus Cobra. You want to play for these draws? He's like, if I cut these two lands, but I lower my curve by a certain amount, I have more threat density when I'm playing against If I just want to beat Jerry, or I just want to beat AJ, and it's like 13 rounds in the tournament, the fact that I have two more spells in my deck is going to start mattering, you know? It's like, but I don't need to have a perfect land draw to beat that guy in round three, you know? And it's a, his development on Cobblade is so admirable. Um, it's, it's, it's exciting. I don't know. People, yeah, I, I think it's very it's exciting. exciting. Like, it's exciting. And it's exciting to watch just good players 
I, I think this is among the best standard formats we've ever had. I don't understand all the ire against it. And the I, 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 again, I think it comes from the cost of Jason the Mind Sculptor. The cost of Jason the Mind Sculptor, but also just the, the, the sort of emotional cost of realizing that you're not the, the great road deck designer of all time, slash not the best technical player in the room. I mean, I don't know. I made all kinds of deck sections of people, probably. <laughs> I didn't choose the right one when I had to play in a tournament this this quarter. Uh, hey, I don't know. Like, my white deck keeps it fine. You go look at the... All the F&M people are like... I mean, I'm targeting a different audience right now, maybe. Sure. But, like, you know, it's, it's, it's performing fine. It's, sure, sure. Like, I would never say that the white decks I made are as good as Pablo. Pablo is... It's a sublime I mean, the, deck the, of the ages. The white decks don't look that far off from Pablo, not at the same time. Okay. No we figured out that the good card is... is, is Stoneforge Mystic. You play four of that. And, and Gideon... I don't have Gideon. None of the white decks have Gideon. I don't have any Planeswalkers because I have all his stuff. But instead of all his stuff, they just have Elsbeth, which is their all his stuff. Right. So those cards are really good against Cobble. And then, like, the other deck has the Sun Titan block, which is it's so fun to play with the Sun Titan block. But my deck has, like, the biggest spells, right? You're like, boom, boom. The thing I like about my deck is you scratch someone once the Ink Moth Nexus, and then you play a Contagion class. They don't know it, but they've already lost the sure. game. And then, like, you know... We told them that on an earlier podcast. Yes, they've already lost the game. And the, 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 it might take several turns and they think the game matters, and that's the fun. I love these games. You know, you're like playing with your food. <laughs> like, oh, you've got a sword. That's cute. <laughs> <laughs> like, and at some point you've got, like, the Asian class, Everflowing Chalice, Tumble Magnet all in play, and they have one poison counter. Oh, I love that game. Speaking of... so much. Speaking of poison, I think the card you wrote about today, or yesterday... The green Glis- guy? Glistener Elf? Glistener Elf? I think that card might be good. I mean, he's an insane turn two kill card, right? Just play him on the first turn. And then you just kill them by... You just kill them with, with poison, yeah. Yeah. With probably Force of Will back up. Right? What are you, what are you killing with? Uh, you're like... You only need to get to 10 power. Right. Right? Or you could get... Are you talking about Legacy? Yeah, Legacy you can... Uh, no, no, I don't think you play oh, Legacy. Like, really? Yeah, I think you might. You go Invigorate? Yeah, but... You, Invigorate, do you remember Invigorate? I do. There's no drawback because you're playing Corridor. Right. You can Invigorate and Berserk and just yeah, kill them on turn two. Keeps have Swords of Plowshares in that format and yeah. Force of Wills. Hey, you know, you, have, you also have Force of Will. It's called Mental Misstep. You just play real horse of will too. If you want. <laughs> <laughs> just play full on horse of will. But I mean, no, I mean, Drew says you need thirteen blue cards in your deck to play that card. Okay. So I don't know if we can get the thirteen sure free blue, 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 sure four peaks, four <laughs> messages, four horse of wills, four horse of wills. Oh, it's only twelve. It's only twelve. We'll get like a one misdirection. One misdirection. <laughs> Lightning bolt yourself. <laughs> Why don't you go plow yourself? <laughs> <laughs> Misdirected plow to uh, crap. Did, did, did you talk to Becker in the last day or so? Did he like that Becker reference I put? He has to. Uh, I don't know. I talked to him, but he, he was too busy trying to figure out what he should put on his shoes. What? Don't worry about it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that guy's good. So, what do you do? You play him on the first turn, and then second turn, you've got, like, any number of good giant growths, right? Sure. Isn't there, like, a landfall giant growth that gives plus four power? There is. So you just go, like... I'm talking about Glistener Elf. I mean, that's the one-one elf with a G for a one-one infect creature. Oh, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> so in theory, you could just go that guy first turn, second turn, play a land, and then just like, what if you just had two of those? Just turn to kill people in Providence. How about in standard? Yeah. You go this guy. They go like. They're like a lot of. They play like first turn or free pump spells. No, I'm talking about in standard. 
Let's talk about legacy. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way this is as good of a strategy in legacy as other strategies you could play that are similarly similarly quick. Berserk. Mental misstep. You have mental misstep. Yeah, yeah, I know that's what I'm saying. <laughs> they, they have it too. One drop machine. No. I have more one drops. <laughs> but the only one matters. We have four mental missteps, four force of wills, four peaks, and a misdirection. Four oh, free peak. Free and a misdirection. Freak. And a misdirection for the is third. Is that card called freak? Freak. Gitaxian probe. <laughs> Freak. People don't get it. I'm like, yeah, this is basically ponder. And they're like, no, it's peak. No. It's not peak. It's, pon- it's, it's in the ponder slot in Pyromancer's yeah. Ascension. Like, yeah. You play it because it's ponder. You play it in Legacy because it's ponder. Nobody peaks. It's cool that you get to peak in Legacy. Now you see if they have a removal card. But that's not why you play it. <laughs> it is a free ponder. That card's awesome. Yeah, I think it's cool. I mean, this this set really, really has a lot of effect on Legacy, which is exciting. Yeah. So, um, Jackhammers. Are we gonna say anything more about the Geoms? No, game? I just want to like. I guess what I have to talk about. What, just, what is Nelson Gate? I put that out. Like people are talking about Nelson. No, Gate. Nelson Gate was just when Brad left. Oh, that was a gate. Yeah, People mean, can't write for a different site? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why was there no Flores Gates? <laughs> <laughs> it's really a series of doors. It's not a gate. It's... Uh, what, uh... I mean, just, just the thing I want to talk about is that idea of context of, like, playtesting. Like, how much of... Like, I don't even know how much of an advantage... I mean, people, there's unofficial spoilers that are out weeks in advance. It's it just... It, it seems to me like people are making a big furor over it. I don't think it's a huge advantage. I don't think so. I think it's obviously, there's obviously some advantage to it. I can't imagine that the situation won't be addressed moving forward. I mean... What about only only spoilers on the mothership? Is that better or worse? No, no. Well, you can still do spoilers. You just, the, the issue of releasing a god book is just clearly going to come into question. I mean, and who's going to have access to that god book? If something like this happens in the Like, no one cares if Benny Smith writes... Gets to look at the full set, right? Why wouldn't they care? He could leak. Well, assuming that people are going to now be fearful of publicly being beheaded and crows picking their eyes out of their heads while it rests on a spike, which is what we just saw happen, um, then the idea is you don't care that someone who's not playing at the highest levels of the approach board is... I honestly don't understand what the difference is if Guillaume is Mantillon is the person who is writing for the for for the the magazine or Mark Young is who's also a well it's a, there, there's, I mean there's clearly a big difference in terms of public perception if nothing else I don't think there's any real perception I mean, any real difference I mean if you added up all the money that is going to be awarded on the Pro Tour in all Grand Prix in a year and then hold that on one side, and then you put all the money that New Phyrexia makes on the other side, okay? Obviously. It's obvious, and I'm talking about all the Pro money for a year versus the set release. It's a ludicrous argument to me. Right. It's not even a million dollars on this side, right? Sure. I mean, like, it's, who cares? I mean, obviously, I like, love, oh, by the way, I love competitive tournament magic. I'm just saying it doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. <laughs> I mean, like, 
You still have to put in work. You still have to, you still have to prepare for events. You still have to play in events. I, I, th- I think I would like to see something which became becomes more like uh, Hollywood scripts. Like, oh, you'd like to review the full set of New Phyrexia? Come to our come to our office in Belgium. Sit down. Have you you see can the look Avengers at script. I haven't. It has Samuel Jackson written all over it. So Sam Jackson managed to lose his Avengers script. It's currently being bid on. So they have the full <laughs> script to Avengers. There was a story about it uh, on uh, Variety or Hollywood Reporter yesterday, and they're, they're like. Two items. Number one, the full Avengers script is week. Number two, we know it's Samuel L. Jackson's. <laughs> it's like it's like sure. review copy Samuel L. Jackson. It's like watermark, so you can sure, read sure, it. Sure, sure, of course. But it's Samuel L. Jackson. When 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 uh, a couple years ago, Matt and I had a chance to work on a project involving uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender. Oh yeah. The, 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 the M Night Shyamalan movie, not Avatar. I guess just the Last Airbender. And yeah, you know, it's an awesome problem. And so we got to read the script, but we had to go up to Viacom. We had to sit in a locked room with like no photographic, you know, it was like you Did can't you have a camera. Movie? No, it's good. I liked it. Uh, I read the script. I really liked the script. Uh, it, it's, it's a good. I mean, first of all, it's based on a superb television show. Sure. So uh, many people consider that like among the best American cartoons of right. the last. Ex- I don't know. It's obviously not as good as uh, maybe Gargoyles or or uh, that in the animated series, but it's up there. It's a sure. very good show. So it, it's based on that, and I actually quite like that movie. But yeah, but so but but the thing is. You know, we, we get to read it. Yeah. We get to make some decisions based on it. We you can sort of leave the room, and then we but we we can't leave the room with it. We can't bring a camera into the room. We can't bring a phone into the room. You know, I mean, you can't that's... bring a phone into the room. No. What if you need to take pictures? You of step the <laughs> Well, then you have to use the phone that you slipped in your pants. Wait, so I could just ship them my regular phone, but I would have secret cell phones still in my pocket. <laughs> bring my secret cell phone. What if they took your secret cell phone and then you had to use your regular cell phone to take pictures? That would be a disaster. <laughs> that would be like if I had to make a phone call with my regular cell phone. <laughs> it would fall into the same category. Um, it's almost like you found an app for your cell phone that's actually just another cell phone. So imagine if I had an iPhone. Everything about my phone is just the best thing that you could ever have in a phone, except for the phone app. <laughs> the phone app just doesn't work any place that I go. I haven't had any problems with my iPhone in terms of cell phone service lately. When you, you, how long have you had one? Do you have a four or no? No, I don't have a four. So when, when's your contract up? I don't know. You're obviously going to switch to like a, a white four on Verizon as soon as your contract's up. Right? Really? Am I? Yeah, why wouldn't you? I don't know. So you would have cell phone service that worked. My cell phone service works now. Verizon actually can't use overseas. Oh, and you go overseas. I go overseas. AT&T works everywhere. It works far better in Japan than it does here. Yeah, well, <laughs> you happen to live in the main area that iPhones don't work. Actually, you don't. You, you live in Jersey, right? Yeah. Manhattan is, like, well-known as the place that AT&T service doesn't work. Where'd Steve go? Did I don't know. He had, he had a phone call. He had a phone call. Is he crying about... Do you want, do you want to talk about... Uh, some cards? Some cards? Let's talk about the ones like... I like the... Baneslayer Hammer, what is it called? Oh, um... Yeah, I, I've got the cards right here. I think I think Stoneforge might jump to number one. I mean, jumping past Jace is Bat- pretty... Batter Skull or something like that? Cause, just because of that card. It's so good. Well, let's talk about the cards in sort of somewhat order. Uh, Give it a second to load up here. I told you I called on this being able to... Was it? This is working nice now. I mean, we're like looking at it all the time. Like, you know like a watch pot never boils? Like a watched iPad never just... Never shuts asleep. off? Yeah. <laughs> 
So what do you think about Carnal Liberated? Uh, four out of five. Four out of five for limited, constructive? Five out of five for limited. <laughs> is, that a, is that an appropriate limited? All Planeswalkers are busted and limited. Right? I mean, this card's insane. It's it's just a colorless Vindicate. I mean, you get to use twice. I mean, the problem with this card is that it exists. And I will try to play with it. <laughs> Those are the main problems. Like, I'm just getting back into this new mode of trying to make decks. And then I make this white deck that's pretty good. I get about... Let's say ten tweets or emails a week about how people are winning local tournaments. Q like go four zero on a daily or like win F and M with it. And I'm starting to think, oh, maybe I should be playing with the Pilgrim's Eyes. And I was just just good enough to win like world championships before playing real cards. And now I'm getting all this negative feedback about these idiotic basic planes. <laughs> are you going to? Uh, I, I assume you're going to uh, make yourself discard with us. I mean. I already made the shell of the deck. It's got Eldrazi's. Uh, <laughs> a ton I'll of just, colorless mana. <laughs> I will exile this Emrakul from my hand. I don't have that one. Yeah, I just have Ulamog. Yeah, whatever. Doesn't really matter, does it? So, yeah, this card's pretty good. Uh, just flipping through the cards here. What do you think about... So, I, I was reading Evan's thing today. Uh, yeah, I guess his, his, his... I was reading it instead of watching it. Instead of watching listen to the podcast, but uh, he's talking about Blade Splicer. Which is the card he really likes. So it's two and a W for a 1-1 one, one Artificer that puts a 3-3 three, three colorless golem artifact creature into play. When it comes into play? Yeah. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, it puts a 3-3 three, three into the battlefield also. It's a 1-1, one, one, and then it gives golem creatures first strike. If it dies, the golems stick around? Yeah. Wait, it costs... Three. It's like an awesome card, right? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, Mike's like, I played a much worse version of that, that deck that qualified me for the Pro Tour. Or like, something. I would play that card, but without the 1 1. <laughs> without the first strike. Like, you'll play green to play this card. <laughs> I mean, like, and it was good. <laughs> like, yeah, it's a good card. Yeah. Uh, you know what that card's really good against? Gatekeeper of Malakir. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I had a game against vampires in the like, two-man queue last night. I'm like, second turn wall, and he's like, vampire last turn. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm, yeah. like, I'm like, third turn, four-four, game four. Like, no attacks. <laughs> we had like another two-two vampire. I'm like, all right, another four-four. He's like, yeah, uh, all right, gatekeeper Malkar. I'm like, sacrifice my token. <laughs> Untap green X, another four-four. <laughs> I'm even attacking with my other four fours each turn, obviously. Right, 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 right. Why do people play Vampire? Why do it's pretty good? Vampire seems like it's probably... It's not good, dude. Positioned to sneak in through some decks if you play it, right? Sword I don't know. of Beast and Fan. I don't... Discuss. <laughs> Disfigure. How many times are you going to do that against my Hawks? Once! And then, and then what? We'll figure something out. Because this isn't going to be good for you. That was your plan. What, what do you think about Cathedral Membrane? Which one's that? So that's an 0-3 wall for one and white Phyrexian mana. And then it's an 0-3, but when uh, whenever it's put into the graveyard from the battlefield during combat, it deals okay. six damage to each creature it blocked. That's kind of like a white cruel edict, right? Kind of. I mean, it costs one colorless. And Phyrexian Mana. So, I mean, like, you can play it on... Like, you can just invest two life on turn one and, like, save yourself a lot of Goblin Guide, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you, I would gladly pay two... Like, this might be a playable card. I don't know. Or, like... 
you know, I mean, I guess they can just bolt it. They can't play there. Probably not good enough, but it's a good one to talk about. What do you, Maybe what, block. What, do you, what do you think about the Chancellor series? I like some of them. So this is Chancellor of the Annex. I'm looking at the white cards, and it's like, uh, you may reveal this card from your opening hand. If you do, when each opponent casts his or her first spell of the game, counter that spell unless that player pays one. Yeah, so I think that one's really good. I and think so I would, it costs seven. I would four and three play white. four copies of this card. Yeah. Yeah, what's its ability when it's in play? Five, six, flying. And then whenever an opponent casts a spell, uh, counter it unless they pay one. Yeah, I think this card's awesome. Should I would gladly play four, four copies. Should be good in reanimator decks, too. Oh, that's a, I didn't even think about that. I mean, like I told you, I've ruined myself with these idiotic basic planes. <laughs> Satan just keeps throwing money at me and being like, make more videos about basic planes. <laughs> People eat it up. You're like, do you know how many pilgrim's eyes we sold? Well, everyone, everyone has, you know, everyone's like, they didn't even know there were planes. They're like, you know, I, I, I started playing these Stoneforge Mystics and I had to break out my planes. <laughs> You're like, we raised the price to 27 cents. <laughs> the, the, we're sold out in Pilgrim's Eye. <laughs> the, the Chancellor that I love is I love Chancellor of the Tangle. That the green one. That's the green one. That's a trap. That's a trap. <laughs> <laughs> out there. Really? The one time I break my don't play green rule, I played it at regionals. <laughs> I had Jason myself in my deck, and I consistently lost to the deck that I was supposed to beat in the testing. I could beat, you know, it's weird, I could beat Josh. But whatever kid, I would say, but Josh is like, oh, this, this is a good matchup for you. I'm like, I thought so. I'm like, second or low score. He's like, oh, I don't have the counter. I'm like, all right. Kill you. Acidic Slime Titan. He's like, you always have it. I'm like, all right. Um, grind out game. I'm like, all right. Oh, kill that. Kill that. Jace. I'm like, first Jace. I'm brainstorming. I'm like, all right. Jace, you back. I'm like, all right. Sucks. All right. Uh, land, wall. I'm like, yeah, it's like a Titan. He's like, counter. Oh, okay. Genesis Wave. <laughs> Like, oh, next game, next game. Josh's like, frame's so good. So I could beat Josh, but whatever right, kids but I'm playing the, against. The, the, green, the green Chancellor, and I think it's Chancellor of the Tangle. So it's seven mana. It's uh, five, six, or six, seven with reach. It's like huge. So like, it's really expensive and has reach? Yeah. So it's John like Becker's favorite. Yeah, Becker. <laughs> but what it, you can reveal at the beginning of your first turn, or whatever it is, and you get to put a green into your mana pool. So like... Do Legacy? You, <laughs> Legacy much? <laughs> So it's we're like, just run it. It's like so a ley like, line. So it's, you know, you, you play it, you, you reveal it on turn one, you play Fauna Shaman on turn one. Oh, and then you like, get rid of it? And you get rid of it! Oh, wow. <laughs> or how about this? You reveal That's it on... That's enough. There, there's no... How about you reveal it on turn one, and then you play a Plains, and you play Squadron Hawk. Or Stoneforge Mystic. Or Stoneforge Mystic on turn one. But you play, you play. Let's just play. You're, you're playing a green deck. So let's just say you play Squadron Hawk. You were on the draw. You draw. You discard two Vengevines on turn one. How about this one? This is better. Okay. So or you make two elves. Like even if you just go like elf elf on turn one. Okay. How about this one? So it's turn yeah, it one. Seems good. It's yeah. Turn one. I make a Stoneforge Mystic. Go get a Mortar Pod. Say go. My opponent makes. Uh, oh, and he attacks me with like whatever dude. So I tap during combat to put, play my mortar pod that he knows that I got. But instead, I play the new Baneslayer Angel, which has living weapon. So, <laughs> I just drop a Baneslayer Angel onto the battlefield on turn two in my green-white deck. Then I block, and then my opponent quits magic. So, I'm pretty sure they're going to have to ban Stoneforge Mystic. The equipment is too insane in this set. Have you read this card? Yes. It's just... I, I, it's called Batter Skull, I think, but I call it Scatterbrain, because I don't understand... It's just a, <laughs> it's just a Baneslayer Angel for two mana? For free, right? You get a free two mana Baneslayer Angel. It might... 
it with vigilance, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's vigilance, lifelink, plus four, plus four, right? It's something like that. We'll get to it. No comprendo on this one. <laughs> <laughs> Was it not good enough at the be- second best card in the format behind Jace the Mind Sculptor only? That, that... You know what it is? They wanted to print a sword and not have people be excited about it. They already did that with Sword of Body and Mind. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dispatch, is this a... Which one is that? So Dispatch is like... Oh, is that permanent coming to place half? No, it's white for an instant, tap target creature. But if you have Metalcraft, exile that creature I instead. I think it's okay. In, in Legacy, it's probably Steve good. loves this card. No, no, I'm a sucker for Dispatch. <laughs> Does the like, creature have to be attacking? No. No? no? <laughs> you can put it straight into the... Hawkworth deck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Make a note of that. In order for this card to be good, it has to be in the Hawkward deck. <laughs> oh, or maybe a Quest for the Holy Relic deck. No. <laughs> Wait, did we talk about the uh, two-mana, three-one first striker yet? <laughs> no. No, not yet. We're getting there. Oh, good. How sad is it that a three-power first strike combat creature will be unplayable on two-mana? <laughs> <laughs> uh, due respect, is that the card you were talking about? Uh, permanence enter the battlefield, tap this turn, instant. Is it draw, draw a card? card? That card is insane. Right? Ball lighting in response, this card. Yeah. Like, I, I just think about like past formats I would have loved to play this in. You're like, attack, they're like, decree of justice. You're like, in response. <laughs> How about this one? It's turn two. They're about to play their land. You're like, upkeep this thing. Like, Ooh, Solpatar. Like, oh, nice one. Go ahead. Go ahead with your turn. <laughs> Guess what we're doing again next turn. You, you think this is you think this... a big Vengevine turn? You just stop it? Yeah, this card is insane. It has many applications. You, you think this is definitely tournament playable? Constructed? That's like a four of in decks that can tap for white. What if you think about it like this? What if the card just said preordain on it? Okay? Would it be good? You're like, oh, it's a preordain for one more mana. Critical or no? <laughs> eh. It's an instant. How about it how about it's one that's just like, oh, I was about to get brained by two Vengevines this turn. Nah. Or how about this one? <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know who hates this card? Yeah. I can tell you right now. Heterbrosia. <laughs> <laughs> he does not like this card. He's like, like all right, yeah, I'm going to play my land. I'm going to sacrifice my, my thing. I'm going to play. with doing math, right? He's like, oh, this is going to be a turn for the ages. Elemental mastery or whatever the hell the card's called. <laughs> oh, the 7-1? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Or like the one that looks at the, the Z, the... The Zektar Shrine. Yeah, Zektar oh, Shrine. Oh, like a blowout against Petrobrosia. How about, how, here's an easy one, right? So you're winning, winning. Your opponent's like, all right, stabilizing turn, Bane Slayer Angel. In response, this shit. <laughs> you're like, okay, next game. <laughs> your opponent's about to crack a fetch land to Searing Blaze your guy. Oh! oh I didn't boom. even think about that. That's oh, awesome. Just, this card is insane. Callblade wasn't good enough. They didn't have this card, and then and, and oh, it's really good it. in Callblade. Oh, oh, like, oh. Uh, how about this? <laughs> I was about to ask, like, how does this card affect Callblade? And you're like, makes it better. <laughs> how about this one? You That's know that fun. You know that turn your opponent was gonna block your sword. This is guy probably really good. In, this is probably good in guess again. This is probably really good in your mono white version of that. Yeah, it is. It's awesome. Yeah. Seriously, they cannot. You know, because people have to just play their non-green creatures to chump block while they try to stabilize. They can't do that anymore. You just go boom, and their guy is tapped, and you get the full untap on the sword. It's utterly insane, this card. <laughs> what, what do you think about the Praetor cycle? Oh, it's expensive. Good EDH cards. <laughs> Slash Commander. 
I'll take your word for it. <laughs> Johnny was excited about that one. He's like, it's like two Crovaxes. I mean, John, <laughs> I mean, John's obviously just going to play like... It's some, like some... two Crovaxes. It is. John Finkel, greatest player of all time. He likes that one. Draft I mean, this, one this one's really good. It's like two Crovaxes. Like... It's a 4-7. Other creatures you control get plus 2, plus 2. Creatures your opponents control get minus 2, minus 2. It's castable. He's probably just thinking about it for limited. Wait, dude, we're playing in the Star City. It's Star City Invitation. Yeah. What are we going to... The thing is, like, I knew what I wanted to play in Legacy, but now with all these Brexian mana cards, this format's going to be whack. Yeah. Uh, exclusion Ritual. This is an interesting card to me. Uh, so this is basically a 6-mana Oblivion Ring. So when uh, Exclusion Ritual enters the battlefield, exile target non-land permanent as imprint. And then uh, players can't cast spells with the same name as the exiled card. Costs six mana, but like you and it, it removes it for it's not like Oblivion Ring. Like you're like you know really Oblivion Ring, you're Oblivion Ring. Oh, it, it would be awesome against my white. <laughs> right. No, I'm saying the cards don't come back from under it if you kill this. Oh, okay. Because they're imprinted, they're removed from the game. You know what's the bad thing about this card? Six mana. Mana leak, yeah. <laughs> Spell Pierce, Mana Leak. <laughs> no one plays those, though. Yeah. They're, they're not in any good decks. So you should, don't, don't worry about it. Yeah, Forest Worship, yeah. Uh, let's, just go, let's just go past, like, awesome cards. I, I have I'm to going, go soon. I'm going past. Uh, well, this is... Uh, oh, this is an interesting card. 2-1 Infect Creature. White. Eh. Well, that's a limited... Let's just go to the blue cards. The blue card. Well, what about Norn's Annex? Which one is this? I don't know. Norn's Annex is three white Phyrexian, white Phyrexian for an artifact. Creatures can't attack you or planeswalkers you control unless the controller pays Phyrexian white for each of those creatures. Whoa. Or two life? Basically, they have to pay one mana or two life. So I can invest four life. But it has to be white mana. I can invest four life on turn three. Or even earlier if I have like a... Accelerator, sure. And just never get attacked again. You know who would love this? Becker. <laughs> <laughs> this card seems seems very it's, good. It's like Texas. It's like Moat, right? Yeah. Yeah. Phyrexian Unlife. Enchantment. 2W. Uh, you don't lose the game for having zero or less life. Then you get poison counters or something. If you, if you, as long as you have zero or less life, all damage is dealt to you as though it sorts had infect. So, you so basically, to, you this brings you to 30. Time. Yeah. It's... Delusions of grandeur. Yeah, right. so basically, it's way it's less. It's kind of a really elegantly designed card, actually. Yeah, so, but net net, it's way less good when you put it in Steve's terms than it sounds originally. It's just like <laughs> when everyone was like, "Oh, that time, that new time spiral one." I was like, "This is going to be the best card ever that wasn't a planeswalker or creature." And I'm like, "Pretty sure it's constructed unplayable." Why do you say that? Because we had this card for <laughs> less mana in the past, and no one played it. Uh, <laughs> there was no Jace yet, yeah. so my guess is no one will ever play this card. So this is the card Steve's pretty excited about. Oh, Porcelain like Legionnaire. Uh, Jake Van Lunen just wrote about this on MagicGathering.com, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, mentioned your, your Hawkward deck. Oh, that's nice of him. <laughs> um, so it's two Phyrexian White for a first strike 3-1 creature. Artifact creature. And then, so you can pay, uh, basically play this on turn two. Theoretically, you can play this on turn one in your deck. Right, and now I don't have to worry about those pesky Hawks blocking it. <laughs> I mean, what? I mean, still block it. See, like <laughs> they strike second. <laughs> Steve, hi. <laughs> the Clawblade deck isn't that different from your deck. It just has way better cards. Why don't you just play that? I don't know. Did you play Stoneforge Mystic? 
you were, you were <laughs> no, a white beat that No, so far. Did you play Squatternock? No. Are you? They're not <laughs> That's why it's Hawkward. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, it's a hawk. It's a hawk theme deck. With no squat. No, it's an awkward theme deck. <laughs> <laughs> Did you not read the cards before you went? No, I read. <laughs> All of the artifacts and some of the white cards. <laughs> I didn't get to the bottom of the list. I, didn't get to I love this. I love this. The two best. Get to the two best creatures in the format are white beatdown creatures. Yeah. And you play a mono white. Not beatdown artifact deck. beatdown creatures. One of them gets plenty of artifacts. One of them is literally an artifact. If you just wanted to play every mortar pot in the room, it would get it for you, and your deck would have been next level. Ooh. Back to the drawing board. It would have been pretty next level, right? Would all the other idiots are trying to equip swords onto their onto their one ones and be like, "Oh, my free mortar pod can deal with that." They would have been in a lot of trouble. <laughs> Instead, you were in a lot of trouble. I was in a lot of trouble <laughs> because Glithawk <laughs> is troubling. Glithawk's like, I could take Squadron Hawk. Like, what if I put a sword? I will play Not my Glithawk. I will return my Glithawk idol. <laughs> <laughs> no more worshiping false idols. The Glithawk is here. <laughs> it really is an awkward theme deck. <laughs> <laughs> I was there for some of the playtesting of this. It was, How did uh, you get Zvi and Kai? I mean, Kai's obviously good enough to, oh, I don't know, top eat the Grand Prix the next day. How did you trick him? Tangle at him. Vector ask. Yeah, I made a compelling argument. <laughs> <laughs> one one infect, no infect. So, uh. I said, look, I'm playing Vector Asp in my deck. I have to know what I'm doing. <laughs> And they bought it. That was, that was the next level aspect <laughs> of his deck. Aspect. Remember when Bella was like, why didn't you just play these cards? And I, with no preparation. And Brian was like, ironically, those were the cards in the deck that won the tournament. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, yeah, you just play like Baneslayer Angel, some swords, chase the mind sculptor. <laughs> it's pretty obvious what cards to play. <laughs> that's, that's actually going to be like the new... It's just like take... Um, Make a soundboard of yeah. cards Mike talks about all the time, <laughs> and then just hit the soundboard, and that's your deck. <laughs> it's just like best best acts, make the mana work. I mean, uh, that's how they that's how they designed the game, right? Like, you look at Stoneforge Mystic, then you look at I don't know another card that costs a, like, a playable amount of mana, and you're like, like, this one's way better than this one. You're like, oh, Lotus Cobra. What else could I play for this mana? Talk Idol. Vector Asp or Preordain. <laughs> Why not both? Jury you're thinking small. You're small. Sword of Feast and Famine or Tumble Maggot or Tumble Maggot. <laughs> Did we have, have Tumbleweed? I cut it. It's dunk. <laughs> like, 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 ooh, I can play Tumble Magnet, or for three, I can play Cultivate. <laughs> what, what do you guys think about Pure Steel Paladin? I love this card. Yeah, Which one is it? it? It's, it's WW for a 2 2. Shut up! <laughs> uh, so, whenever an equipment enters the battlefield under your control, you may draw a card. And okay. then, if you have Metalcraft, equipment you control has have equip zero as long as you control three or more artifacts. Wait, really? Yeah. yeah. I if feel it, like you can do some, it feels some like there's nutty some things with filthy that. stuff you can do. Yeah, but the problem is all the filthy stuff you can do, you could just pay for, you could do with mana and then not have to play the pure steel paladin. That's the, that's the problem. I, I feel like there's got to be something pretty sick you can do with mortar pod with this. Like, I, I, I was thinking the same thing because huh. I always go back to that yeah. deck that GCB and Colos played at the Pro Tour when, yeah, that, with the, the, the first Jace turn. Duelist deck. You're like, oh, this is really exciting. You can do all this cool stuff. 
And then I just keep remembering that I could just be playing with Jason the Mind Sculptor and Wrath of Gods. And then, like, these th these strategies that completely break down when you put into those things. Like, if you, pretend, if you live in a pretend world where other people just don't play Jace and Wrath of God, then all of a sudden your deck's, like, really exciting. But then well, your like, might be really good against Jace because they have to tap out for it. Yeah, but, so they like, ha but the Jace decks can all hide behind Squadron Hawks. So you're just hiding behind Squadron Hawks while you're trying to do something that's really exciting. They do, All they do is buy time, draw a few cards, and then Wrath you. Oh. So... <laughs> And then they go, like, Baneslayer Angel or Gideon. And then, like... So, do you yeah, feel maybe. like... <laughs> do you feel like the cards in the set are designed to help or hinder... Um, Cobbler? <laughs> I don't know. I would probably play, like, many of the blue cards that we haven't Help or hinder. Yet. Like, remember the Fallen? Seems like... Like, you're like, alright, I'm gonna kill his... Alright, I'm gonna kill his sword. Then I'm gonna untap. And then I'm gonna kill the Stoneforge Mystic. Alright, got it. And then they untap and they play Remember the Fallen. What's that do? 2W, sorcery, choose one or both. Return target creature card from your graveyard to your hand, and or return target artifact card from your graveyard Why to your hand. Why would I play that when I could just attack with a Sun Titan three well. times? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's cute, but it's... they already have a Sun Titan. <laughs> uh, and the good news is, they're actually just way too many good cards for Callblade. Yeah, yeah. I think they're going to So maybe they'll cut you, too you, many lands. Don't you think that Edgar Flores is going to find a find a, a group for the Advance in his, like, 25 land version? Uh, I, that card I mean, seems like, very exciting. Insane in, like, a 25 land version of Callblade? Like, I, how about, like, I don't have an open draw. Just time walk you twice. <laughs> Tap so, your blocker. So what, what, your face. what cards do you really like in, uh... A... I like the 8-drop in blue. I think that guy's insane. Which one's the 8-drop? Uh, he's, I think he's probably the Praetor. What do, you, what do you think about Corrupted Resolve? This seems like a card you're going to love. Uh, what uh, does that do? Corrupted Resolve is 1U for an instant. Counter target like spell it. of its controller is poisoned. This is, goes to your scratch <laughs> theory, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> just scratch them. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's a hard counter for U1 if, they're, if they've the, got one poison. The problem is the decks that can poison aren't usually blue. Yeah. I mean, you can play your... Like, you hit them with an Ink Moth Nexus, and you turn your counter spells on for the rest Here's of the, the game. Here's the thing. If I'm playing blue, I would be Blink playing a much better deck than the monoblade sure. scratching deck. But you bounce their blocker with your Jace. <laughs> <laughs> you scratch him. And then you remember you have Jace. Oh, wait, did you You probably didn't even read that last time article. So I just never tried to play Jace the Mind Sculptor in Pyromancer Ascension before. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, is it good? <laughs> I like, played like 20 matches. It's like, all you do is like you have this Pyromancer Ascension that's <laughs> insane. But I just don't kill them. I just let them do whatever they want. They just use my power mistress essentially to kill all their threats and then deck them with Jace. Like, every time, like, why should I do anything else? I'm sitting here, like, you can't do anything. They're like, I have, like, seven cards. Like, why don't you kill me? I'm like, why? Like, put out three guys. I will cast it into the royal. And like, oh, no. like, oh, you have some guys? I have both lightning bolt and burst lightning in my hand. Do you have any idea how invincible you are? And this that where you're just like, you just use all your removal on their things instead of them, and you just deck them with Jace. It's <laughs> so it, I've never actually done it because people are, they realize like three turns in that I have seven cards. Every card I cast, I will draw more cards, and then they can never draw a relevant card. So, so they're like, ooh, DC <laughs> Deceiver Exarch is a card people have been talking about for Pyromancer's Ascension decks. Patrick wrote about it. And his uh, deck, I believe Jake Van Lunen wrote about this card. Oh, is this that is the, essentially the, the new Pestalite. You play that in a different deck. People were talking about playing in a Pyromancer's Ascension with Splinter Twin. I'd rather play that with uh, just blue-red control with that with Splinter Twin and rather than Pyromancer's Ascension. You're diluting the whole uh, Pyromancer's Ascension part of your deck by playing an enchantment and a creature. So you could just play that as a discrete combo in a blue-red control deck. You, it's the same. It's you the could same. also transform. 
you could transform. Which is what happened in uh, Amsterdam. Yeah, but when, uh, the, when the Splinter Twin combo but, first sort of became yeah, popular. So, but the cool thing, but the problem with that theory is that in Extended, the Pyromancer Ascension decks have access to so many more instants and sorceries to ramp up that, uh, like, whereas in Standard, they're at a premium. Like, so you're already playing cards like Jace Bellerin. And, like, you're just diluting how well your Pyromancer Ascension is going to work. So, you have a perfectly good two card combo. Right, you can also I and mean, you can also configure the deck in a lot of different ways, like thanks to the Phyrexian mana cards. Oh, that's I, I think Gataxian probe is insane in Pyromancer. Yeah. So, but the the problem that I've had is like a lot of times I'll be winning, <laughs> I'll be winning, but like I actually can't. I, I have a powered up Pyromancer engine, but if I didn't, I would have problems powering it up. Like I have all these action cards that don't power up Pyromancer engine. Like I have an active Jace or. Wait, you know, right, Matt pointed out something very interesting about Deceiver Exarch, which I think supports your yeah. claim. Like one of the problems with the um, deck in terms of when you were playing with Pestermite is that Pestermite's so fragile yeah. that oh, it, was, it could only be played in certain discrete situations. This guy's a 1-4. Yeah, Nothing he's, kills him. He blocks his 3-1 for a striker that I love. <laughs> no, but and forget that's about not it. cool. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I think that that might just be the dominant deck in standard rather than Callblade. Like, what if you just play Blue-Red Control and you're just, like, have, like, four of this guy and three three Splinter Twins in your deck. You just play like a regular deck and then like your opponent's like, alright, I'm going to take my big turn, like Gideon or something, or whatever it is. You're just like, alright, uh, mana leak that, or, like fight over it. Oh, you win the fight. <laughs> and it turns C-Rex are kill you. Do you remember but also the card... You can tap their land when he comes into play, right? right? but blue-white decks can't play yes. the same way against blue-red control decks as they have been able to get away with playing. Not with this card. Yeah. I mean, blue-white couldn't beat blue-red anyway with their Power Master Ascension either. Like, but... But the but I think this is more robust because the Pyromancer Ascension itself is relatively fragile. What's kind of interesting about this, by the way, is does the white card that we were just talking about the the yeah, Salfatara insane against this guy? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! I five that card again. You're like, all right, you've got a million of them. <laughs> you get a turn to do something, I guess. Yeah, you get a turn to cast a Castle yeah, God. Yeah, yeah. Summon, I don't know, maybe summon Gideon Jura. <laughs> you think you think I'll be effective? I will summon Gideon Jura. Oh, is your okay tapped? That's clever. <laughs> I will execute him. That was cute. So we talked about Gataxi and Pro Bowl a little bit. Best card in the set, number one, I think. Really? Yeah. Super good. Yeah. Number you, one. You think it's number one card? That just, one and Mental Misstep are competing for number one. And you, this card obviously is just a legacy staple, right? It's I don't. Mental Misstep is for sure a legacy staple. I don't know if people are smart enough to play this one to begin with. I think it's well, the best card in the set, probably. Like the uh, Breakfast deck that you played? <laughs> yeah, I'm on playing it instead of Ponder. It's yeah. like, your deck's so much more consistent. It's like, like, this like you is have like Cabal a Therapy, you have Meddling Mage. Yeah, how about I cast this? For? Yeah, like now I cast How this. about a Street Wraith that you can pitch the Force of Will? Jeez. How about just eight Force of Wills? How, <laughs> how about playing, you know, a 42, 38 card deck? How about you play that card in High Tide? How about you play both in High Tide? Sure. Like, you can... It's getting to the point now where you can And this, this card so also makes Pyromancer's Ascension so sick. In standard, yeah. In standard, it's so Or you sick. can play it with the, the Pestermite combo in standard. They're yeah. both good. Right. Probably better But I mean, it's, it's just better in Pyromancer's Ascension where you want the velocity of digging through your deck. You know what's really cool? That you can, like, play that on the first turn and cast a pre in the first turn. Second your Pyromancer's Ascension, then you just go boom, boom, ramp. <laughs> and, like, you untap with an active Pyromancer Ascension, and they're like, what just happened? And I'm like... Gataxian Pro! <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm at 16, though, brah. <laughs> yeah, the card seems insane. Uh, I wrote about uh, Jin Gataxius Core Augur. That's the one I think is insane. I'm going to play one Pyromancer Ascension. This guy, the 10 mana guy? Yeah. What? He's awesome. You just run him. You're just going to cast him? Yeah. You're just going to untap? Do you remember when Patrick made the first blue You nuke your second combo? 
<laughs> like, you, you, the, uh, you know, like, your main face, uh, Ginger Taxius. <laughs> like, Patrick played the blue white deck, and the only creature there that was Iona. If that guy resolves. Oh, yeah, no. Can you lose? <laughs> you just grind it, I just, like, cast this guy. Basically, I wrote about this card today for Commander. Obviously, this card didn't say anything Commander. You can cheat him into play. And people were like, thanks, jerk. <laughs> You're a jerk. I don't want to play against you and your jerky cards. I think this like card is insane. You're like, jerk. <laughs> insane, I am. You like it? Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of, I didn't think about it being in standard decks. I mean, I, I certainly thought about it in terms of like playing Rise from the Grave or something like that. You just grind them and cast it. <laughs> Also, in like a wave type deck. If you're waving yeah. for 10. Well, no, in a wave type mana. deck. Like, yeah, you yeah. know, where you're just ramping up a ton. Sure. So, mental misstep. Just, Most expensive uncommon of all time. I mean, wastelands and force of will still exist. <laughs> I meant, like, I meant, I meant, current, oh. like, concurrent with its release. What do you think? It's like a $2. It's open. already a $5 oh, uncommon really? in some places. Oh. So, yeah, I think that's probably number two in the set. Number one, I think, is Gatag Team Trove. Maybe it's number one and number two. Like, is is Mind Calling playable at all? This is the six man. It's like Probe. You draw two cards and target opponent discards two cards. Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> like it's. Like, I feel like people have played cards like this in constructed formats. Yeah, but that formats. was before Planeswalkers. No, no, yeah, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. before Stoneforge yeah, Mystic. Like, the thing, like, now that you have a card right now that basically says, for two mana, I'm going to have a little machine that makes you discard all your cards, doubles my mana, and gives me free Baneslayer Angels, depending on what I want. I mean, like, the thing is, for one less mana, you can get, like, a Gideon. For one more mana, you can get a Karn. Like, <laughs> it's just woo, not good Karn. enough. I love that man. Yeah, for that mana, you can get a Titan. Yeah. You can get a Titan. Oh, yeah, they can make you discard or whatever, and you're like, oh, I'm going to keep this one at six. <laughs> Tighten up. Uh, Phyrexian Metamorph. This is actually one of my favorite cards in the set. It's three blue Phyrexian mana is that for a clone or sculpting steel. Uh, the one I like is the same casting cost, but it proliferates draw two cards. Oh my god, I love that card I so much. I played that mono white. <laughs> oh my god, I, I love that mono, card so mono much. The only thing, <laughs> they even cast so it regular. <laughs> this is like, in draft this format, it's going to be so confusing. It's just like mono zombie cutthroats. It's oh, not confusing. Yeah. You just pick your strat and you go with it. It's just like M11. Always play blue. <laughs> I, I always played green. I think my wife bought us steaks for dinner. Oh, okay. So we'll pick this up after the weekend. You guys can keep casting. Just put up this part. People I will, will like put it. up this part. All right. Bye. Well, we talked about the blue card. He's like, I've talked about the white and the blue cards. <laughs> That's it. Goodbye. <laughs> I'm out of here. Apparently, we gave black much love. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I heard on MagicTheGathering.com. Someday, we will talk about that in the far future. <laughs> Very good. All right. For Michael J., Steve Sane. And Joe's. And Joe's. Coffee was really good here. Ooh. Uh, Maybe I'll start drinking coffee. Yeah, oh, don't do it. <laughs> Top 8 Magic, etc. <laughs>